Hi, I'm Patrick Pond, CEO and founder of Fabro, and this is the Learn From Leaders podcast. The background to this show is that Fabro customers are some of the most innovative companies in the world. Enterprises wanting to be more agile, software as a service companies scaling fast, and game developers and publishers wanting to master live ops. So we get to know some truly inspiring leaders in product development, marketing, operations, sales, executive management. And what we do here is that we interview them about leadership so we can all learn from them. Let's go. And we are live with uh, Hannah Meitan. Uh, welcome so much to the podcast, Learn From Leaders. Thank you. Uh, it's really cool to have you here. I mean, we're both Swedish, but obviously our audience is uh, mostly English speaking. So we're going we're gonna to keep this in English today. But the last time I met you, um, it was, a, it was a great uh, panel discussion in Stockholm uh, in Swedish at that time. And um, I was thinking if I would introduce you and kind of start picking things, you know, from uh, from your LinkedIn, it would be a very, very long story because you have done so many things. And, um, you know, today, um, you, know, you're, uh, you know, you're an investor and uh, maybe I should start by saying congratulations of being named uh, SaaS Investor of, uh, of the Year. Um, it means that you have a lot of very um, happy entrepreneurs that you invested in, so that's awesome. Um, but you know that didn't happen overnight. So you know, why don't we just start with you know kind of the, the the story you know leading up to to what you do today for the ones who doesn't know you? Yeah, sure. Um, so I I started in 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 SaaS or or software as a service back in two thousand and four, and 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 i usually joke and say at that time saas wasn't even a concept or or how you called it you essentially sold subscription cloud software so i started uh, as a salesperson in a small company called magenta news i was working cold calling in london uh, and that company is today called meltwater uh, news it's a public company and noted on the norwegian stock market so I, I started selling online media monitoring on a subscription service. Sales is super hard. Cold calling is, is probably one of the hardest jobs you can ever do. But, you know, it takes a lot of stamina. It takes a lot, takes a lot of guts. But, but you learn that the more work you put in, the more you get out. That's essentially what, what sales, sales is all about. So I did that for six months. And after that, the, com- the company I was working for, Meltwater, was uh, moving into the U.S. market. And, and the founder asked me if I wanted to be part of the team that moved over there and, and opened up sales offices. So I did that for the forthcoming years. So I was, uh, I was moving around. I lived in Mountain View, Chicago, San Diego, New York, and then back to San Francisco, working at different parts of Meltwater, essentially everything from opening up sales offices setting setting up and running their their customer success so so they're kind of post sales methodology focusing very heavily on upsells and and churn prevention and then also working in the CTO office by bridging the the product development and tech team and the commercial side so translating commercial needs into technical feature requests and after that I jumped over to another company another SaaS company, or, or, or it became, uh, essentially it was a social media platform that was trying to figure out the best uh, model for them and they wanted to have a subscription model and, and since I had previous experience of that, I helped the founder set that up. Um, and after a little less than two years, Google came in and acquired that company and then at that time I had lived seven years in the US and I decided it was time for me to make my way back to Europe. 
So uh, that was 10 years ago when I set foot here in Stockholm. And my my first kind of endeavor here in Stockholm was uh, starting as a VP sales at iSettle, who, who is now settled by, by PayPal. I spent three years there kind of um, really focusing on, on, on introducing uh, a more of a sales-focused uh, strategy into the company who had focused very heavily on, on developing a product and taking that out to the market. So my main focus at iSetto was on market expansion and uh, really optimizing the sales uh, go-to-market play there. Uh, after a few years there, or I would say a little less than three years, I, I started in a company called Soundtrack Your Brand, which at that time was called Spotify for Business. And over the forthcoming years, we, we built a global product called Soundtrack uh, that was essentially background music, music for you know, restaurants, hotels, retail stores, and so on, and launched that in a little less than 80 countries. So it was fe- heavily focused on a product-led growth uh, play, and um, but we were also entertaining and working towards the, the enterprise customers, such as you know Gap, Lululemon, and and all those big stores around the world. And then 2019, I I, I quit my day job, and I've, I've since then I've been focusing on angel investing, as well as combining really uh, advising, consulting, and uh, I'm sitting on a few boards such as Mentimeter, Cognity, All Ears, and a few other SaaS companies. So really, just focusing down on 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 SaaS and 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 uh, becoming a true ner- nerd in that area. Uh, and earlier this year, we launched uh, Ampli Ventures, which is um, Adrian, my partner, and I, our investment company, who are focusing on investing in seed and Series A Nordic SaaS B two B companies. All right, cool. And uh, you know, before we go into the the topic of today, um, I I need to take this opportunity to ask you about uh, you know trends in SaaS. Uh, I'm, I'm not only uh, referring to, let's say, that uh, the market climate is a little bit uh, unstable right now, but, you know, you feel free to comment on that as well. Um, but but just, you know, what, what kind of trends, um, you know, since you started, you know, Ampli, do you, uh, do you find most exciting or, or interesting, maybe is the right word? We, we see that that obviously that um, SaaS or, or it is really driving digitization of a lot of industries and, and when we come into these kind of tough times, such as you know recession and so on, it typically accelerates the need for digitization because the, in most cases it ends up in a, in a cost-saving activity. So um, the benefit, obviously, with with having a more of a subscription model towards software is that you can bring down costs, not just from developing but also on the customer side. You can kind of uh, go global from day one um, because it doesn't require that much infrastructure, and because you're selling on a on a on a subscription basis, you're you're really kind of the customers that you take take on board today. If you have a product that really solves the problem and the problem of the customers, it you're building a really long term business where you're adding value continuously. So we feel like it's um. Now more than ever, it's it's a model that that will continue to grow and thrive. Uh, and I think uh, going back to what I said before, the recession will pro- most probably just kind of fast forward the digitization of some little bit more slow slow mooring areas. All right, cool. So uh, let's get into the the topic of today. I'm uh, I'm very excited about this. You know, we're going to talk about um, you know managing objectives. Uh, you know, in a in a SaaS company, all the way from you know team level up to investor level, and 
And, uh, you know, one of the reasons why I find this uh, so exciting is that, um, you know, when, when, you know, we at Favor communicate with our clients and, you know, sometimes they ask for advice on, you know, how to set things up, et cetera. You know, we, one of our mantras is very much, you know, for, for managers and to some extent executives to, to really be able to manage the objectives, you know, rather than tasks and the, and the, and teams are, are empowered and autonomous to kind of like, you know, manage the task level on what these, these objectives mean. Uh, you know, um, you know, in a more autonomous way, and you know, aligning towards those um, those objectives. So, so you know, we get into these conversations, you know, quite a lot from from our perspective. But um, um, you know, since you uh, you know have fresh in mind, you know, leading leading teams, you know, with very ambitious objectives, and now from an investor point of view, you you have you have kind of a perfect um, you know horizon to to um, uh, to talk about this. So, where would you like to? I would, I would just like to hear you out a little bit on your um, your experiences with you know um, what tends to be hard you know um, managing by objectives you know what maybe have some tips for for solutions. Um, I don't know if you want to start from an investor level or if you want to start bottom up from the team. It, it's up to you. I guess in 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 my mind they're not kind of competing or, or they're not one or the other and they should be intertwined and. And ideally, the investor objective and and the company's objective are very much aligned and, and the same. And um, so, so my experience all through my career and 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 especially now as well is is focusing on companies where they have reached about one to two million euros or, or dollars in ARR, and and they're growing heavily. You know, typically they have they're growing hundred percent year on year. So. And and then they're raising capital, have raised capital, so they have the kind of means to to really expand and invest in in their continuous growth. So, uh, and what I've seen both as an operator and as an investor is that is that most companies, regardless of of space or domain or segment, they kind of go through the the same growing pains and the grow growing. That for, first is kind of like all hands on board chaos, and and then you start hiring people. Uh, and and you kind of it's still a little bit of a chaotic all hands on board status where where you don't really have the time or or luxury to properly onboard new hires, but you kind of just let them find their own way of doing things. And at some point, you you get to a stage where where you realize that you have a you have a bunch of new hires, you have a a big team, but you're not really sure what everyone's doing, and you're not even really sure. What everyone's focus is, and 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 once you start focus, uh, kind of identifying or focusing on that, you realize that everyone has has worked out their own way of doing it. So everyone in the company has almost their own idea of what the objectives are or what their playbook is on how to achieve that, uh, which is you not 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 a failure. So it's quite natural that this is the way in companies goes through this phase, and 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 then I think it's really. Uh, important to actually do take some time of, of identifying okay where are we now where do we need to be and 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 what are we wasting time or efforts of doing that's not really giving fruits and, and labor so so I most of the companies that I've advised I, I do really kind of try to to advise them to focus on building that playbook and it might be a, a sales playbook on on how are we actually selling you know what's our value prop uh, what's our CRM system? What are we putting in when? What are we tracking and why are we tracking that? Um, are we all using the same kind of sales collaterals and, and 
and, and the material are repricing out deals and discounting out deals the same way. So, so, and no one likes to, 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 to put together a playbook because it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of effort. But I think if you do act, take this time to do it and you do it in a collaborative way where everyone is, is being involved and it's not a management exercise, um, through, through, through that exercise, you, you do come up with quite a lot of things that, that you identify as, oh, we're doing things very differently. We're wasting time and focus on, on kind of working on an individual way. And, and that can really lead to a great efficiency of work and a streamlined effort. Um, so I think sales playbook, it's one way. I think also making sure that you on a company level agree and realize what are the main KPIs that we want to track and why are those those uh, important to us. Now, I'll, I'll give you an example because everyone wants to be data-driven now in these days, and I think it is, of course, super important. But being data-driven and be, being data-insightful is very, very different. So so I think just tracking things for the, for the, for, for, for tracking as opposed to realizing what KPIs are really driving the business. And typically the, the way I typically test that is if a team knows exactly if a KPI goes up or down, what kind of action they should take. So if they're just tracking something and if, 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 if one metric is, is kind of seeing a down one trends and they don't really know what, what that means to the business or what actions they should take is probably not that big of a metric or important metric to, to track. So I think, um, you know, company objectives should be there to bring clarity, to bring kind of a consolidated view of where the company is heading and, and allow you to track if you're on the right path. Uh, and if you feel like you're running at different ways and you're doing things for the sake of it and not really for, 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 uh, uh, for the sake of actually bringing it to the company objective, then then I think that that you need to spend some time realign re realigning with the, with the board and the and the owners and where we're we heading and how do we make sure that we track that. So really long kind of a little bit whimsical answer to your question, I think. But but does that make sense? And 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 is there any points that I can kind of deep dive into there? No, I thought it was very interesting. You know, with um, what you said with you know the metric and you know does the team know. What to do with it, but if I um um, I mean I, I you know maybe you can elaborate a little bit on. I mean sometimes we talk about um you know indicative metrics versus uh, trailing metrics. Um, I mean you have some pretty obvious. You know, I mean in the SaaS company, you, have, you know uh, trailing metrics like you know your monthly recurring revenue, um, you know deals that you're done, etc. But uh, do you have some examples of uh, you know, good uh, indicative metrics, so you're able to act in a more proactive and faster. Uh, some examples that you've seen. Um, yeah, I, I, I think of of course, uh, uh, tracking tracking growth is is a given, and and most companies would do that, and and I think it's also important that you track continuously and uh, the payback time of the on the on the growth that you're having. So how much does it cost for us to acquire a new customer, and when does that customer actually turn into a profit? You know, nothing revolutionary there. I preferred that metric. So a, a payback kind of period before a LTV CAC that doesn't really give you an insightfulness to, to the operations. And I think 
something that we talk a lot to the companies that that we advise and and have invested in right now is is really over focusing on your customer success uh, and, and most of the time um companies in, in growth stages they focus so much on new business that they kind of tend to to underinvest in in their existing customer portfolio so um i ask all the co- companies that that i speak to how are you tracking customer you know activation and engagement at, in the diff- various stages of your, your customer lifetime so making sure that the customer once they have started using your product that they're fully onboarded what are some key success metrics that enables you to kind of check them off as fully onboarded and how how are you making sure that that you have captured the customers um customer satisfaction, but also measure that how are they evaluating you over time? So make sure that 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 in, in, at the time of onboarding. So for example, someone um, you bring a new customer to, to Fabra uh, and a customer will come with some kind of objective that you're we're utilizing Fabro to help us with ABC. And I think those success metrics are on an individual basis, but you you'll they will typically be on a similar level. So I think as much as important it is to make sure that your new customers are being trained on the platform, how are you going to use it? Help help them maybe customize some of the features, but also really asking. So what are you looking to achieve here with Fabro, and how are you going to evaluate that? So if you fast forward the the at twelve months or twenty four months ago, how are you going to sit down and evaluate if Fabro has actually achieved? what your your objective has been capture that and make sure that you're constantly reminding the customer and you constantly drive behavior towards that a second metric i think is really making sure that you track engagement over time among your customers and as as soon as that kind of starts to derail or 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 drop down that you're proactively uh, identifying why that is so if you're running a SaaS business that's a little bit more transactional, meaning that you have maybe thousands of customers, more so than a few few hundred uh, as an enterprise customers, you won't be able to kind of check in with them every week. And in, in fact, you shouldn't be. You shouldn't check in them with the, uh, every week they, because they will not feel that you're adding any value there. But as soon as you start seeing that their kind of activity, whether that's a daily use or weekly use or monthly use, is that starting to kind of go down? I think it's super important that you have a proactive outreach. It might be that your main ambassador, your main decision maker have left the company. Um, and if you identify that at the end of the subscription term, you're, you're, you're going to turn that customer. So you can really, really make sure that you reach out, identify the new, um, new decision maker, get that up and rolling and kind of go back to the initial success metric that the company is utilizing. So, so, and that becomes ever so important right now when we are potentially entering a recession. Uh, companies are looking over their tools, and 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 uh, uh, and I would say, about what most CFOs are doing right now is that they're pulling out a list of all the the tech stacks that they're using, and and they're kind of going through and asking the questions: Are we using this tool? Are we happy with using this tool? And what value are we getting out of that? And if you have helped the customer to make sure that yes, they are using it, they are seeing value, um, and they're paying, you know, reasonable to that value, you, you're going to keep that customer, and the CFO is going to skip you as a tool and and to go through the next one. 
switching gears a little bit. So if we think about objectives on a, on a board level, so if we think about investors or the board, um, you know, you mentioned that, you know, that you're working both with, you know, um, seed stage investments and, and series A. So, um, how do you, um, what, what, what do you find work well and maybe not so well in terms of, you know, basically how operational, you know, the board and investors should be. I mean, I know there's very different opinions about this among investors, but you know, what is, what is your opinion? I think there's there's no right answer here or wrong answer because it really depends on the stage of the company, the board composition, and uh, and also how long the the board has kind of been working together. And what I what I do feel really strongly about is that if uh, there's a difference between sitting on a board and actually actively working on a board, right? And I don't think that there, as a board member, you should never sit on a board. I think you should actively work. Uh, and part of that responsibility uh, really, really means being fully, fully involved and educated on how the businesses work, knowing, being, understanding their KPIs and their metrics, uh, and always come extremely fully prepared, meaning that you are up to speed with the monthly CEO updates that you've been getting all through the years. You've had a conversation with the chairman or the CEO prior to the board to kind of wash out potentially ideas or thoughts or questions that as you as an individual or a question mark as you as a board member has. So, uh, and also having fully kind of digested and read the, the materials set out beforehand. And I think in the boards that I said, where each and every one of the board members take that full responsibility. We have really, really good productive board meetings where we can focus on the core matters that the CEO wants to wants to have the board as a sounding board and wants to get approvals on and, and really focus on discussions that will that will drive the business. In the boards that I sit on where there is a disconnect there, where some board members are not taking that responsibility, you end up really wasting a lot of time on explaining the metrics, explaining the KPIs and 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 the, and the reasonings behind those numbers. Uh, and frankly, I, I found that super unproductive and, and very, very uh, annoying to the point where you never really come to the most important discussion topics during the board meetings because you end up wasting so much time. So, and and if you're a CEO driving a SaaS companies, I and, and if you haven't asked your, your board what kind of metrics they would like to see, what what do they feel are unnecessary? Because I mean, I've also had experience where, where the board material, you know, it's 80, 90 pages of slides and, and, and most of them are really unnecessary, but, but, uh, and it takes an unnecessary burden on the management team to put together that material each and every, before everyone for board meeting. And I want the management team to focus on the business. And so it's in an ideal world, the board material is just a reflection of the material that management team are already working on. But, but do really bring these things up, ask, you know, don't be afraid as a CEO to ask, are, are there, you know, graphs or areas or metrics or reporting in the board material that, that are not added value that can, that we can simply scratch. Um, and, uh, and to really bring efficiency in the material so you can focus on the, on the on the business driving questions during the meetings, not necessarily reporting. All right, cool. Um, you know, final. Can I ask you, Patrick? How are you work? How are you working with your board and your board material? And 
Where do you see areas of improvement, Sarah? Or have you done any revolutionary things that have really been work, working great for you? Um, oh, that's a that's a long conversation. Uh, there's, there's, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of the stuff that you're talking about that I I can also recognize uh, both with um, you know with Favro now and also with the companies I built before. Um, and you you tend to go through you know these these different phases. Um, I think um, the last thing you said there um, being that you know some of the dashboarding or or you know your your backlog of objectives. I should not really be different between the board and and you know what the um, you know the executive leadership in the companies is is concerned about. It, you know, my view is that you know the more that can be the same, uh, you know, the better. Um, it is if that's something uh, which is uh, easily understandable. Um, um, also for the whole organization, you create a, a nice transparency that goes you know all the way you know from the team you know all the way up to them you know, to, to, to board and investors. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, this can be a bit, you know, easier said than done. Um, but, um, but, but it's definitely, um, um, you know, transparency in general, uh, tends to be a good strategy, um, um, because it enables, um, alignment. Um, but, um, um, you know, again, sometimes, sometimes it's, it's, it, you know, it can, can be easier said than done. Yeah. Um, in the best of in the best of worlds, you know the OKRs should really be from the board all the way down to the individual employee, right? It all kind of work towards the same, same, same objectives. But I, I think um, I mean, if I just take an example from from Favro, you know, you know, one very important metric uh, when it comes to to those customers, you know, you were talking about the importance of customer success. So, for example, we have pretty clear uh, goals for our net retention rate. And we also know quite well the difference with our net retention rate between different customer groups. So, for example, you know, ideal customer for us in, let's say, the game industry, have, you know, we know what that is compared to our ideal customer customers that are venture-backed, you know, SaaS companies. And and then if we compare that to, well, we of course have a lot of you know smaller customers that might not be, you know, kind of you know key ideal customers. You know, that number might be different. And and the next step then is well, what does that break down to for you know our key account managers versus you know our you know people that are working with um, you know managing those those smaller accounts you know so basically a lot of the stuff that you know you you were talking about earlier today I mean it's it's very much you know my my uh, day to day life <laughs> you know and um, you know I think um, what you said there around you know the actions I mean that's kind of like the the qualitative part of it. Um, and, and I think, uh, that can also be, um, that can be one of the, the, the hard things, uh, but, you know, when you're in this kind of transition, you talked about when you're going from everything is kind of chaos and everyone's doing their own thing to that, you're getting, um, uh, you're becoming a bit more systematic, you know, in, in how you're working and, and, and you're, you, you have you know, shared best practices, you know, um, across teams, um, you know, making that, that transition can be a th- my experience is it can be quite quite painful, um, and and one of the most painful things is that you you can also have experiences earlier that it can also be that some of the people that really thrived in that super early very chaotic environment, you know, once you get into being a little more systematic, you're starting to have really teams or squads as we call it, um, you know, then they don't think it as fun anymore. You know, they they wanted that you know kind of rock and roll and chaos. You know, 
So, and, and, you know, having employees that no longer think that this is the right environment for them is always, I think, very painful, you know, as, as a leader. And, and then you're getting into the tour conversations about making, you know, you know, who to coach, you know, who to let go, uh, you know, you know, one of, one of the you know most most hard leadership questions I think in building you know any kind of organization. Yes, I fully agree. I couldn't have said it better myself. And 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 this is not a one-time stage in a company's growth, right? You go through kind of phases where it's you go through different levels of more systematic and uh, process-driven uh, companies. So so uh, and and you know it's it's really hard to. To kind of avoid getting into these situations that that some of the people that really thrive in the early stage will no longer feel that it's as much fun or as much in line with their kind of vision and ideas and and um sh- yeah how, how do you solve that to the best way there's no easy answer to that right you know um uh, these kind of final notes is actually a very nice segue for me to uh, you know, to tell our audience to check out some of our other podcasts because now we're getting into the whole area of, you know, you know who to recruit, um, you know who to recruit for kind of more modern, you know, hybrid organization, a more agile organization. What does leadership mean in those organization, and and you know how do you build a strong culture? Uh, so let me actually uh, wrap up here by you know thanking you so much for for this conversation. And to, to say to all of you listening that, you know, these kind of topics that we slide into here in the end, there's plenty of good conversations um, in, in some of the other podcasts. But also, I, I hope I get a chance to uh, to talk with you again on, on this uh, podcast, Hannah. And, and then, you know, that time, maybe we that, that's exactly the kind of stuff we're going to talk about then. Perhaps. But I look forward to listen to the podcast you just mentioned, because I'm sure I will learn a great deal. So Thanks so much for having me. Uh, it was really good to talk to you again. So I hope to see you soon again and, and continue our ev- vivid discussions as we always have. All right, super. Thank you so much. And uh, thanks for listening. See you in the next one. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you did, you know what to do. Share it in your social media so more people can take part and learn. And one more thing. Check out Favro Academy on favro.com for many more learnings. Thanks for tuning in.